You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 23, Going the Distance. Longevity in ministry is something that I think a lot of us would say is a good goal to have and hopefully a goal that many of us have. However, realistically, I think many of us know and at least assume that the majority of us will not achieve longevity in ministry. Uh, And the reasons for that are plentiful. Uh, It could be burnout. It could be simple disinterest. um, It could be a lot of different things. Uh, But uh, the average tenure for a youth pastor at one church has actually increased a fair amount over the last several years. However, it's still less than four years. So what does it take to stay in ministry long term? Um, What factors do you need to consider? What elements do you need to have around you? And so to help me talk about those things is my former youth pastor, Mark Julian, who's joining me on this episode. Mark has been in youth ministry for a good long time. He has seen a lot. He has experienced a lot. And we talk about what it takes to stay in ministry for a long time, why he is still doing vocational youth ministry after decades, and what he would share with people who are just now starting out in youth ministry. So, let's go ahead and hop into that conversation with Mark. Mark, bro, thanks for joining me today in the podcast, man. Uh, If you could, give us a little intro of who you are and what you're up to right now. Hey, Jeffrey. Good to see you. My name is Mark Julian. I go by Bro is my code name through the years. It's been great to see student ministry live and well, even though the world wants to put it to death. (laughs) We are pleased and excited about where we are with student ministry uh, in spite of the challenges of COVID-19. And we are we're still fighting a good fight. We're yeah. here in Fairfield, Cypress, Texas, outside of Houston, doing well. Very cool, man. Very cool. Uh, well, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, we'll be talking about longevity in youth ministry. Uh, when I started seminary in the fall of 2009, uh, the average tenure for a youth pastor at a church was around 18 months. Um, amazingly, it's gone up to almost four years now which is quite a jump. But if you think about it, four years still really isn't that long. It's just enough for one high school class. Um, But after riding the merry-go-round of changing jobs and churches a few times, the majority of youth pastors either move to a family pastor, executive, or senior pastor role, or they exit ministry altogether. Uh, I feel like these days, 20 years in youth ministry is still a significant badge of honor. Uh, As I've talked with uh, past guests, Uh, There is significant pressure, consistent change, tumultuous relationships, and many other factors that lead people to another position, another career, or just being flat burned out. 
So bro, uh, let's start with the big picture. How long have you been working with teenagers and college students? And what are some of the ups and downs that you've had during ministry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro, I, I know that I'm the probably the grandfather of student ministry uh, as far as ministers concerned. Uh, I just always had a calling for that. I came to Christ late in life, uh, college age, you know, about my 20, 21 years of age. Uh, while attending college at Texas Tech University. And it was just a great college ministry that came and met me where I was. Uh, Not only saw me come to Christ, but discipled me. Uh, I started being involved in a university ministry at a church there in Lubbock, Texas. And so since, golly, since early in 1980, uh, I started... uh, when I graduated from college, I started getting involved in ministry. At first, it was Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, because that was my platform. That was uh, being a college athlete. Uh, it was automatic to love college kids yeah. you know, through through that platform. And so when I worked with FCA on national staff for three years, uh, that was a great start of just seeing me giving back to what was given to me. Yes, Christ through. Uh, through my life, and um, then in uh, then in '82, we decided we needed to go to get a little education and get a master's work uh, through Southwestern uh, Seminary. And I, I I just felt like that that was the automatic. I wasn't going to look at any other pastor position. Uh, you know, I felt like at that time my degree was important, uh, not just a master's in theology, but an also a master's in education. Yeah, uh, that's where staffing comes in involved. That's mm-hmm. where you learn about how to run a church, what curriculum it does, and all. So I think that that was crucial uh, there in the '80s for me to get involved uh, while in while working on a church staff. So I would encourage anybody, they're going to go to seminary, get that master's, uh, be in church while you're doing it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Working, you know, vocationally, bio, vocationally. And you know, that was the, that was the start of it. Now it's coming up on 20 years, bro. And, and uh, I mean, 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years here this yeah. November. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the longest place we've been in ministry as at this church here outside of Houston. Yeah. Love it, man. I love it. Yeah. 40 years. uh, You have seen a lot in ministry. Uh, You've seen the boom of technology. Uh, You've seen cultural trends. Uh, You've seen uh, teenagers who, in a lot of ways, are the same. They just have a lot of different things around them, right? And a lot of different things that they want to compete for, for attention or comparison or anything like that. Um, So, uh, in the last 40 years or so, um, you know, we, t- in, we mentioned the pressures and uh, other factors that can be hard for people because unfortunately, even though the average has gone up from 18 months to four years, you know, there are a lot of people, not just in youth ministry, but in ministry who just burn out um, and they might even get cynical toward the church too. Um, so what were some seasons in your life where you felt like, man, I'm really stepping out in faith here, or this is, this is really hard. I need people to help me or encourage me, or even I'm not sure if I can keep going and, and doing ministry. What were some of those uh, times where, man, it was, 
hard. There was a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I must admit, Jeffrey, that it's, it's, it's sometimes church staffing if you're vocationally uh, in, in ministry there with students that a lot of times student ministry is, if you will, is kind of on the bottom of the rail. That's you know, right. <laughs> as you're climbing, you know, you got the senior pastor. Every meeting that we meet with pastors, we're always talking about Sunday, about worship, about the message. And then we work through children. Did we take care of the children? And, you know, and then we get to youth, you know, kind of at the bottom of the rung. You know, and that's okay. That's okay. Because, well, we know in student ministry is that these youth that we're working with, uh, they're going to be what, it, however we want to say it, they're going to be the church tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. You know? mm-hmm. and, and I often refer to students as, uh, you know, really more of my core students, not the, not the, the whole of them, but I always say to them in 10 years, you know, what are you going to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have a wife or a spouse and, you know, two children and two cats, two dogs. And, you know, you're going to try to figure out what church looks like, you know. And so it's going to be their baby. And so I think the the ups are really just that few that really catch it. Mm. And I build everything, bro, around Second Timothy 2.2. 2. Mm. Paul's word to Timothy about uh, these things that you've been entrusted with. Yeah. You therefore go and entrust to someone, you mm. know? And so I, I really believe that through the years, ups or downs, um, what hurts the downs is not only, you know, feeling valuable in a church staff, uh, but, uh, you know, really, why are we doing it? But, mm-hmm. but also, also what hurts in student ministry is those who have been so involved, who've caught it for a season and then they leave it, they abandon it. So yeah. when a student does that, that, that really hurts. But then I go back to the ups, Jeffrey. And I, yeah. I really believe it's just that one, like yourself, that I remember, you know, when you caught the vision, when you caught the direction, when the Spirit of God moved you, mm-hmm. you know, look where you are 20 years later. Yeah. Some, some might say if they knew me in junior high, it's a miracle that I'm still breathing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I would I would run in front of cars in the Sonic parking lot all the time and yeah. scream at people. And man, Mark's got a lot of junk on me that he can air out whenever he wants. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's by the grace of God that, that I'm here and certainly a 40 year career um, with ups and downs that people are, are well aware of. And, you know, talking about people who are really involved and step away. And yeah, that, that's something that, uh, not only students, which is something that, you know, kind of has affected me and like, you know, am I even good at this? Is it, is this, is this working? Is it, is it investing? But also just seeing, um, people that I knew growing up, you know, and, and where are they now, uh, as far as being involved in church and, and their relationship, uh, with Christ and yeah, you know, long, longevity, not just in ministry, but being a believer, it's that that's hard enough. Just, just going through life, being a believer and, you know, in the last five years or so, a really popular thing. Well, not, not so much popular, but probably a more consistent thing we've seen is deconstructing your faith, right? Like, well, I still believe in God, but I'm not sure that this is true or that, or that can be right, you know? And, um, yeah. And there's just kind of a a crisis of, of faith. There's a, a lot of different cultural pressures. There's a lot of um, just views. And I think a lot of it uh, kind of surrounds 
the idea of are we making good disciples, right? And we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. But um, if, if you're in youth ministry, uh, and I've mentioned this with other guests too, what does a good disciple look like when they graduate from your youth ministry? What should they know? What should they, um, how should they respond to questions? Are they afraid to say, I don't know, or are they okay with the, with some doubt and asking better questions and growing in their faith, right? Um, yeah, so there's um, a lot of that, I think, not, not just in ministry, but just in life of like, you see people fall away and, and you wonder like, you know, what, what is God doing with them? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, well, I've gone through <clears throat> times in ministry where my motivation to continue looks different than other, other times, uh, whether it was excitement for the future trying to build something better because I felt like the last program kind of failed hype from going to a conference or new resources, uh, putting my head down and just trying to make it through another week, uh, feeling accomplished, trying to ignore discouragement, feeling joy, feeling guilt. You know, I could go on, but, uh, you get the picture. Um, while I do think wisdom comes naturally with age and experience, Unfortunately, I think the messages of encouragement and you can do it can quickly become empty statements, empty platitudes that start to annoy rather than help maybe. Uh, So Mark, my other episodes have mentioned support, soul care, carving out margin to prioritize family and other things, but everyone's experience is different based on a number of things. Uh, So here are my next two questions. Why are you still a vocational youth pastor? And what is God teaching you at this point that perhaps he hasn't revealed to you before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeffrey, I, I know for a fact that a reason why God has still had me vocationally uh, and part of this church staff and part of the church is that uh, I can help equip the saints. Ephesians 4.12. Ephesians 4.11 now talks about those certain gifts that I think are pertinent uh, to lead the staff today, lead the church. But it's clear. It's clear. You know, I felt like that through my uh, experience through church life, it's been important that you look at not so much dividing the ages like youth ministry, children's, right? Really more. If I were in charge, bro, I would pastor and add another pastor every hundred people. Hmm. You see, yeah. because that's what it is. I'm, you, a big church can't impress me. You know, the program doesn't, the numbers don't do anything for me, but it's how we care for them, Mm. you know, because people really don't care how much you know until they see how much you care, you know, that old. Yeah. So so I I really believe that, bro, I'm doing it vocationally because I singly know that the purpose of why is to build into the ages of 12 to 22, uh, the purpose of the church which means their doctrine, which means their faith, owning their own faith. A lot of times in student ministry, bro, we really don't see the fruit until usually that first or second year of college. Mm -hmm. Because when a student, no matter what he's had in middle school and high school and part of the church, when they go to college, it's like they get their own faith. Yeah. And then they go, golly, bro, I didn't, you know, I was baptized at five. And I want to get baptized again. I go, why? Well, I didn't understand Christ like I know him today. I said, okay, this, is God telling you this? Or are you feeling like this is something that's going to, you know, burst, you know, push you up or make you 
you know, even better. And so I make them walk through that and really work through it with their faith, their faith in the word. And the word is significant, bro, because we know it doesn't return to where empty. And we know that we can be confident he who began a good work in us will complete it. We know these things. But what's beautiful is when that 19, 20-year-old comes to you and say, bro, man, God has been showing himself to me through the Trinity. Every verse I look through, I can see God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit. And two, Jeffrey, what I'm trying to train even middle schoolers right now is to cross-reference, to go to a study Bible, graduate from your children's Bible, even though pictures are good, <laughs> and let's get into the meat, if you, if you will, because the best commentary in the Bible is the rest of the Bible. <laughs> so we get them into that cross-referencing picture or in their columns. Try not to marry a certain pastor's Bible, uh, even though they're great ones out there, but let's get them in a student Bible to where they are learning to cross-reference and see what God's character is. I got an eighth grader right now that's already hit me up after school and says, bro, I want to know the Bible. I said, let's start with the table of contents. <laughs> and then we go to the cross, the cross-references. You see? So, bro, there's nothing new under the sun, Ecclesiastes says. Uh, but, man, if I'm going to error, I'm going to make sure that we don't miss on yeah. teaching the Bible. That's totally my purpose is to teach one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm right there with you, man. And, um, you know, I think, I think uh, people who are in youth ministry, they, they try and sit in, in this balance, which I think all Christians should because there should be tension because we're trying to die to ourselves and yet have God use us for things. And so it's like, where where is this my ego and effort and where is this God using me? But I think overall people get the impression of, okay, youth ministry is supposed to be a lot of fun, a lot of games, a lot of events. Right. Um, and yeah, there's Sunday school, there's Bible studies, there's a guy small group or a girl small group and a right. mission trip, you know, and things like that. But um, I think overall, um, you know, I had, Dr. Andy Rudon a while back and we talked about how, you know, eighties and nineties youth ministry was really like, it's like, Hey, this is meant to slow you down from being an adult and enjoy this and be with your friends. And now with technology, um, kids are growing up really fast and they want their responsibility and, and well, they don't want responsibility. They want the privilege. <laughs> they don't really want the responsibility that goes with it. But, um, it's not so much that we're trying to slow them down now. And so the more they're engaging with people online, the more they're um, talking with people about God, about theology, about their faith, about the Bible, the validity of the Bible, even, um, you know, it's good for us to know, you know, okay, yes, it is great to have fun and events. And I don't think you could really have youth ministry w without some elements of that for sure. But it's also a time, you know, kind of like you said with that student, like it's a time where you have the space to be able to ask questions and not receive judgment or you should know the right answer to that. It's like you need to learn. And the way you learn is you learn to ask better questions. And you're like, okay, well, okay, I understand that, I think. But then why is this, right? And so a study Bible, a student Bible, having a small group leader, 
um, having a pastor there to say, okay, try going through this and look for this throughout the week. I'm praying for you. You know, it's trying to tie the word to the rest of their life, right? This isn't just a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night faith or a, or a mission trip faith. You know, um, I remember, you know, kind of tying back to the last question, uh, you know, back when, when we were in Phoenix, you know, when we go to no Gallus in Southern Arizona, or we go somewhere else for a mission trip that there'd be students, uh, who would sometimes show up and they'd be hanging around in the, in the youth group, like just for that summer, they'd go to camp, they go to mission trip, you know, and then they kind of, they kind of disappear and you don't see them. Right. Um, and for, for that reason, actually, uh, when our students go, uh, on a mission trip in the fall, usually I do a mission trip interview with them. I'm like, okay, you know, if you want to go on this mission trip, why do you want to go? How much are you involved in the church um, and, the, and in the youth ministry? How well do you know your, your, your peers? Because that's who you're going to be serving with. And so I want them to kind of take the whole school year to like, okay, this is my group. This is how I know um, who I'm serving with. And I've gotten feedback, uh, unprompted feedback from many of the places that we've gone on mission trips saying, you know, we have groups come through here or these groups are here and doing this, but your group just kind of seems different. They seem kind of more tuned in. They're kind of already kind of bonded uh, with, with each other. And, uh, you know, I, I, I take some pride in that, but also it's like, I feel like that's what youth ministries should be. It should be a place where we can, where students can ask questions of other students right? Not, not just, I want to know the right answer from an adult, but hey, let's talk about our faith, right? Because that's how you work out your salvation with, with, with fear and trembling, right? Um, it's, it's asking better questions. Yeah. And when you get those answers, it just makes you hunger and thirst for more, you know? And um, I'm sure you feel the same, but I left seminary with way more questions than I had going in. And, and you have the word there to study and to answer and you have the Lord to go to in, in prayer. And, and I, a lot of it comes through experience and saying, okay, you don't know this yet, but I'll show you five years from now and you're not going to know it. But when, you know, when I show up, that'll be an answer to your prayer or that'll be an answer to your question that you thought I never answered. Right. It's just kind of seeing all around 360 degrees where God's at work around you. And it's fun to be able to walk students into that and saying, just look around, okay? I don't want you to memorize a, a list of, of, of right answers. I want you to look around and see where your creator is at work because he's at work in a lot of places, right? Absolutely. And mission trips aren't just to help people who are there to serve, but it's also a big benefit for those who are serving because they get to see where God's at work. They get to participate in it, right? And it's just really fun to see them talk about it when we come back and they're up on stage saying, yeah, we, we did this and I didn't think I could do it, but then you know, God gave me an opportunity and, and we prayed or we, uh, we conquered this obstacle, you know, and it's just a lot of fun to really kind of walk students into that and just be right. alongside them. I love that. I mean, let's be honest, bro. I mean, the, the possibility of me entertaining, you know, a group of 16 year olds, you know, who they're looking at me like, okay, Graham, bro. You know, look at me, grandpa type, you know, which I'm thankful and proud to announce that, you know. But the fact is, bro, in the world, John 17 says it, the world, you know, it won't understand. You know, uh, First Corinthians says that uh, the natural man does not understand the things of God. 
And so what I want to do is equip the saint. That means a second Timothy two, just one at a time, because it will soon multiply and give them those faithful who will be able to teach others. Also, that's the drawing card. Mm-hmm. And what is a natural drawing card is the events like a mission trip over the years that I've been here. It's the mission trip over summer camp entertainment. Yeah. Not saying that summer camp got done use, but right. I'm just saying 99 out of a hundred times, you know, the students coming back and says, bro, you remember when we went to Acuna, Mexico? And in your case, no gallus. Yeah. You know, and so it's when we put that tarp on that roof, are we going to do that again? You know, and see, see, those are the life changing moments. And we don't just go that for an experience, but they, again, if they understand who Christ is and see how he begins that work, they begin to put, oh, I see how it is. We're supposed to transfer this faith, not just our work. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, man. I love that. I love that. Uh, so hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say, and God certainly grows us through times of hardship and adversity. That's a big reason why sports and sports analogies work well when talking about growing as a follower of Jesus. If you want to grow, it takes time, it takes dedication and learning from failure, uh, which I'm sure you're uh, very familiar with as a college running back, Raider power, Raider power, baby. Um, So Paul said many things, speaking of the Corinthian church, he said many things to the Corinthians. uh, And I think one of his most meaningful statements uh, was this at the end of First Corinthians 10 going into chapter 11. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Um, so bro, if you were giving guys and girls stepping into ministry as college students or young adults for the first time, kind of a modified version of that scripture saying, be imitate, be Im- imitators of me as I've tried to imitate Christ all these years in ministry. What are the elements of youth ministry life that you would tell them and Im- implore on them to remember as they step out and invest in young people? Thank you, Jeffrey. I I believe this with all my heart, and I'm not anything in the equation. I just know three things, and they all start with walk. Walk with God. Walk with God. Be faithful as he's been faithful. And I love Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. We study, we talk about how he is able to do above and beyond. Okay. When I'm the lowest, that's when I trust him to be the strongest, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And also walk with the few. I've mentioned 2 Timothy 2, 2. That's the key. That's the key to end in ministry. If I were the senior pastor looking at from that pulpit, <laughs> I'd be looking to close that gap from the pulpit to the people. And the only way, and I'll never forget, I heard Chuck Swindoll say one time, he says, are you going to be an influencer? Or are you going to be impacting? Mm. And the way you do that, you come off the stage. Thirdly is to walk with a true friend. I told students this past Wednesday, bro, I said, stop getting counsel off of social media. Yeah. 
thinking they're your they're your friend. Now I'm not saying that they're not your friend, but mm-hmm. if we're going broadcast, I need your counsel because I'm so low. Don't think that that's going to be a a real friend and true counsel. Walk with a real friend. John, excuse me. Uh, it says Proverbs twenty seven seventeen that iron sharpens iron. That's right. And so, too, I want to speak to those that are married. I, you know, Teresa's my friend, bro. She really is. You know her. And she's my friend. And the more I love her, the more I realize how little of myself I got to be. You know, and that's just the key to life is humility. Mm. That humble servant. Will I serve my spouse? And I want to say that to those who are listening, because to me, that's the one. If you were looking at these, uh, the question of how you continue in student ministry or just in ministry alone, you got to have these three W's. Walk with God, walk with others, a few, and walk with a true friend. I love that, man. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something that we need to do together, uh, the body of Christ. You know, not everyone is a hand, not everyone is an eye or an ear. We need each other and uh, things that we realize that maybe we don't do well. Instead of trying to be the whole body by ourselves, we have a few around us who are trusted, who encourage us and who can help guide us toward, okay, you know, maybe you're not great at this, but you're good at this and students would really benefit from it, you know, or, hey, you've been going a year or two or three, you know, I've heard of people in ministry going five or six years at least without any kind of vacation. And I'm thinking about, you know, they're, especially if they're married or, or even if, if they're single, you know, like, Hey, you are not your work. You are loved be just being who you are. And so it's good to step away, take a breath, look at everything else in life that God is blessing you with. Not saying that your work isn't important, but I think sometimes Sometimes as weird as it sounds, I think sometimes our work, even ministry work can become an idol because it feeds us. And we think, well, I'm doing this well, so I'm pleasing God. But really, it's like now now I'm worthy. Now I'm valuable because I'm doing this. And it's good to um, think about, you know, the beginning of Romans talks about worshiping creation instead of worshiping the creator. And it's good for us to realize, hey, you know, this ministry I have is great, but even the ministry itself is finite. But what results from the ministry is an eternal investment for the kingdom. And that is what's important. And when it comes down to it, we are people, we're not programs. And that relationship, that coming off the stage, as you said, um, that is really the most important part and the hardest part is doing the relationship factor well, is investing in their life. It's walking with them through great times, through hard times, and still walking with them. That consistency, you know, that's what I remember the most. And that's what really anyone remembers the most from youth ministry or, or children's ministry is people were there for them, right? They don't remember m- most of the lessons and things like that, but they remember that people were there. And that has a massive impact on a lot, but especially on their faith because they know I'm not alone in this, right? I, I need to own my own faith, but I'm not alone in walking in that faith. And uh, yeah, it's good to have that encouragement of others yourself, because if you're just pouring out and not letting yourself be poured into, then 
you're going to run out and you're going to burn out. And that's what happens, I think, to a lot of people who just just kind of get flat burned out. Man, yeah. Well, bro, uh, man, thank you so much. This was a great discussion. So glad you could join me. Uh, You're definitely welcome back on the podcast anytime. Yeah. Uh, And I'll be praying for you and working with you from afar uh, to tell students how much God loves them and how it will change their life. Thanks again, bro. Thank you, bro. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Mark for joining me. Uh, I encourage you to share this episode uh, with anyone who is in youth ministry who might need some encouraging about staying the course, getting people around them to walk with, as Mark said, and to know that you are loved and you are more than your work. And it is worth it for us to invest in students well. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Uh, You can also hear us on Eternity Ready Radio every Monday night at 6 Central. And you can also listen to any episode and get more resources at youthministrymaverick.com. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, adios.